Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello once again, everybody. And thank you for joining me here on this Monday, December 14th edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Going to go over some adjustments to my power ratings, my college football betting lines for week 16. A very strange week here to talk about on today's show because we've got Some regular season games, some conference championship games, our first bowl game, lots of things going on here in week 16 of the college football season. I'll talk about the adjustments I've made, where my market numbers are, and then also some box score notes from what we saw here this past weekend. Over at ATS.io, lots of great content. The opening line report for college football week 16, as well as NFL week 15, both posted over at the website. You can check out my Week 16 College Football Power Ratings update as well. Got that posted on Sunday evening. Lots more content coming your way throughout the week. Different sportsbook promotions. We'll talk about a lot of those. We're we'll talking about college basketball, college football, and NFL game breakdowns, picks, previews, predictions, all that good stuff. I saw that our writers are very hard at work doing the conference championship games. I'm sure we'll have a preview up for every college football bowl game as well. So very busy time over at ATS.io and also to the NBA starting next week. So I'll bring back my NBA situational spots betting article, which I used to do over at Bang the Book. I'll do that now over at ATS.io. So you can check on that, refer back to that throughout the week with the different situational betting spots that are out there in the NBA. By and large, to be totally honest with you, I'm not a big NBA guy. I do a lot of situational handicapping with the NBA, and I will pass on that stuff on a weekly basis. Same thing in the NHL as well, where I do a situational article. Uh, Not yet doing that here for this season, but we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about here as those two seasons go along. And also, too, once college football or college basketball, excuse me, really gets into a rhythm, I'll do a situational piece taking a week-long look at College Hoops as well over at ATS.io from a situational betting standpoint. So we're working on that here uh, in the not-too-distant future, just with everything going on with college football and the NFL, trying to get caught up with college basketball. Getting to those seasons a little bit slower here than usual, uh, but we will have a lot of content over at ATS.io. Lots of content coming up this week on ATS Radio. Regular week's worth of shows. We'll chat with Brian Blessing about the NFL tomorrow. Kyle Hunter, college football and college basketball on Wednesday. Thursday, Brad Powers for college football in the NFL. Then Friday, my Circus Sports Million picks. Two and three in week 14. Disappointing to say the least. Wish I would have played the Rams on Thursday night. That would have replaced the Packers for me. Would have picked up a winner with the Rams. Packers, a right side loser. So two and three, that sets me back quite a bit here uh, with now just 15 picks left to be made in the Circa, but in any event, Circa recap article coming your way on Tuesday and the Circa podcast on Friday. Lastly, download the ATS app from the Google Play Store, from the Apple Store, from ATS.io. It's a bet tracker. It's an odd screen with the U.S.-facing sportsbooks and also full article integration from ATS.io into that app. 
The premium model in the ATS app has also been doing very well here of late. You can get that for 20 bucks a month. You can get all those picks through that ATS app. So lots of reasons to download the ATS app, and I encourage you to check that out. All right, so it's week 16 here of the college football season. And as I said at the top of the show here, a very strange week in a lot of ways. Some regular season games thrown about, a lot of conference championship games. We got a bowl game with UTSA and SMU in the Frisco Bowl. So lots of things for us to consider here for this week. A couple of just off-the-top things I want to mention. Generally speaking, these conference championship games will be pretty pure handicaps. I mean, teams set out at the start of the year to win their conference championship. Even if they have college football playoff aspirations, you really can't get to the college football playoff without winning your conference. So all of those teams in those conference championship games will be fully invested and fully engaged. Now, as far as the regular season games go here, and we'll see how many of these actually go off. Arizona and Cal already been wiped off the board. But we'll see how many of these games actually get going here for this week. But, you know, again, you want to try and look at some of the more subjective handicapping things, looking at the spot, looking at the quotes from the teams, looking to see, you know, if you think these teams will actually be invested in playing. I think in a lot of respects, power ratings for the regular season games, I'm not going to say that they're worthless because I would never say that a power rating is worthless, but I would simply say that it wouldn't be the main hallmark of my handicapping here for this week. Now, again, like I talked about in the article, power ratings are very important Sunday night when lines start getting posted into Monday and then maybe early Tuesday morning. After that, the market has already been shaped by the numbers grabbers that are out there. So at that point, you start talking more about the subjective handicap, the spots, the matchup, the motivation, you know, all those different types of things. So, Right now, we haven't seen a ton of market movement here Sunday night into Monday morning. I don't know if we're going to see a whole lot of numbers grabbing at this point in time because now you want to know you know, where these teams kind of are from their mindsets. And of course, the conference championship lines should be about as sharp as they're going to be. You know, we got a lot of data points for the best of the best teams. The books know what the betting trends have looked like in terms of, you know, do they need this team on a weekly basis? Do they need money to come in against this team on a weekly basis. I'll talk about that a little bit as we go forward here. But again, I think the conference championship lines by and large on the whole compared to my numbers are pretty spot on in a lot of ways. So I think we're looking at more subjective handicapping uh, this week with those regular season games. And of course that first bowl game there with UTSA and SMU. All right, so some power ratings adjustments that I made from week 15 here to week 16. And some of these are relative to this week. Some of these are a way that I've been positioning myself for 2021. Because when I put together next season's power ratings, I start with my baseline of what I had at the end of this season. And even though we had COVID and all that going on, I still think that I've got a pretty accurate representation of where a lot of these teams are. So Some of these teams are in action this week. Some of these teams aren't. For example, Wisconsin is in action this week. They take on Minnesota. And I dropped Wisconsin five points in my power ratings from last week. Multiple bad offensive performances in a row for the Badgers. So not even a big enough adjustment based on what we're seeing out there in the market where I've got Wisconsin minus 15 and a half, 
market showing Wisconsin minus 11 and a half or 11 against Minnesota. Look, that's probably regressed a little bit with the low scoring expectation for that game. But maybe Wisconsin just is power rated a lot lower. Or maybe I didn't adjust to Minnesota getting that win last week over Nebraska. But keep in mind, Minnesota was down about 30 players from COVID and various injuries and all of that. They had very few scholarship players. I'm surprised that game was even played, to be totally honest with you. So I've got a little bit of an overlay on Wisconsin here, but I'm not interested in playing the Badgers. I just don't think they're a very good team this season. And that's kind of played out here over the last few weeks. Dropped Arkansas three points in my power ratings. Arkansas with only 188 yards and four turnovers in that game against Alabama. A spot where I did bet on Arkansas. Thought maybe Alabama would be looking ahead a little bit to that matchup with Florida. uh, But that clearly not the case with just a dominant performance there against Arkansas. Arkansas did have some injury issues late in the year. They kind of had some questions at the quarterback position, this and that. Uh, But, you know, still a team I probably want to look to play on going into next season with a good head coach and some good coordinators if they're able to retain them. Uh, But for now, I did drop Arkansas three points in my power ratings, although I don't believe that they will play another game here for this season. Wyoming got dropped three points in my power ratings as well. Again, I don't think they'll go to a bowl game, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Just offensively, you know, when they lost Sean Chambers, I don't think I accurately dropped them to Levi Williams. Then Williams, of course, hurt over the last couple of weeks. Wyoming, a very good defensive team, a poor offensive team. And, you know, as we're seeing in the NFL and in college football as well, maybe defense is kind of more of a byproduct of who you're playing as opposed to being a really good defense with the way in which the game is so tailored towards offense now. So I did drop Wyoming three points. Also dropped Nevada three points, and they should get to a bowl game here after losing that Mountain West uh, elimination game against San Jose State. Nevada down three points. I think I was just a little bit high on them. The market had kind of got out in front of me, so I spent some time chasing the market down. Then last week, my line was a little bit high for the game against San Jose State. It did move towards my number, but I still felt like I should drop Nevada a little bit in my power ratings here. Few other teams I dropped three points. Maryland, uh, I think that you know they kind of played over their heads a little bit early on. Uh, still not a big believer in Mike Loxley there, so I dropped them. Central Michigan down three points. They're on their third string quarterback. BYU down three points as well. That was due in large part to the fact that I was just very high in the market on that San Diego State game. Although from a box score standpoint, uh, BYU very much the right side in that game. They just had problems getting off the field. Also dropped Navy three points in my power ratings here. As far as teams that are playing this week, I did drop Coastal Carolina a couple of points in my power ratings, not because of anything that they've done wrong, but simply because I'm a little bit higher than the market on them. And in fact, just a touch higher here. Or, uh, actually, I'm pretty much in line with the market this week. So a two-point adjustment for Coastal, probably the right call there. Dropped Nebraska two points, uh, losing to Minnesota with you know just a, a bare-bones roster. That's a very bad look for them. Dropped Missouri a couple of points. They are in action this week as well. They take on Mississippi State. As far as some teams I moved up that are in action this week, did bump Alabama another point. They are clearly the best team in college football for me. Moved Penn State up a couple of points. You know, Penn State is a team that we talked about this a lot early on in the year that, you know, their box score results were not matching their game results. They've played well here of late. So I give Penn State a couple point bump in advance of their game here this week against Illinois. 
I looked up UAB three points. They're in the conference championship game against Marshall. Notice that they got Tyler Johnston back at quarterback this past weekend. Uh, so I bumped them up three points. My line was a little bit cheap against Rice, and I think that's because I didn't really realize that Johnston was either coming back or was already back. Uh, so I did bump them up three points in my power ratings here. Other than that, not really a whole lot of movement on teams that are playing. San Jose State, I moved up two points. Obviously, it was a little bit low on them going into that Mountain West Conference uh, or that Mountain West elimination game against Nevada last week. So San Jose State up a couple of points here in advance of their game against Boise State. Some interesting box score notes here to run through. Uh, Arizona, minus seven in turnover margin against Arizona State. I uh, For them, I'm glad their game was canceled against Cal because I really don't think that they wanted to play another one. 0 for 4 on fourth down as well. So effectively, Arizona minus 11 in turnover margin in that game against Arizona State. Finally, the straw that got Kevin Sumlin fired there. Florida and LSU. Now, look, I I know that Florida was a 22-point favorite, and there's no reason to lose a game in that role. But when you look at Florida here, they had 609 yards of offense, 8.23 yards per play. They were minus three in turnover margin and had a turnover on downs in that game against LSU. So from a box score standpoint, they should not have lost that game. Uh, I did drop them down a little. Actually, yeah, I dropped them down two and a half points in my power ratings here in advance of this game against Alabama. Uh, but you know, just some fluky things in that game more than anything there. How about North Carolina against Miami? 778 yards of offense, 554 rushing yards for the Tar Heels. Michael Carter had 309 on 24 carries. Javante Williams, 236 on 23 carries. And maybe this should have forced me to bump Notre Dame up a little bit in my power ratings here because Notre Dame really shut down that North Carolina offense. Not many teams have done that so far here this season and a massive day on the ground for the Tar Heels who are a play on team for me uh, when they are announced for a bowl game here uh, during this upcoming bowl season. Coastal Carolina and Troy was a really interesting game in a lot of ways. And, you know, everybody correctly pointed out that that was a very difficult spot for Coastal Carolina in that one. They did what they do best. They maintained the clock. They had the ball for almost 37 minutes in that game. Troy ran 81 plays in their 23-32 with the football. And I think this is going to be really interesting here to see how Louisiana plays this with a very good head coach in Billy Napier. My line here is Coastal Carolina minus three. They are at home for this conference championship game. Market at minus four. And we've seen teams try to do this against Coastal where they play really hurry up offense when they've got the football. Louisiana's not really the type of team to do that. They want to run the ball, move the chains, control the clock themselves. I wonder if they tried to speed up a little bit on Coastal here because you've got a Coastal defense now coming off of a physical game against BYU, 81 plays against Troy, where, look, Troy only had the ball for 23 and a half minutes, but that coastal defense still had to go through a lot of reps there. I sort of wonder if maybe that's part of the game plan for Louisiana, if they can lean on Coastal Carolina. Speaking of leans, I kind of lean with Louisiana in that game, and we'll talk about it on Wednesday and Thursday here on see what Kyle Hunter and, and Brad Powers think, but... We've seen several teams try to do that to Coastal where they speed up when they've got the football. Uh, you know, for Troy, it helped them cover the number, 
but you know, wasn't enough to get them the victory there in that one. An interesting offensive performance for Northwestern here, and I think that this had a direct impact on the total for the Big Ten championship game against Ohio State. Northwestern with 493 yards in that game against Illinois last week, really bad weather conditions, and they still ran for 411 yards. Now, they only scored 28 points, and they were 5 of 7 on fourth down. But when you look at that total for that game, Northwestern and Ohio State, 58.5 is a very big number for a Northwestern offense that's been quite bad throughout the course of the season, and a Northwestern defense that's very good. So I would expect some under money to come in for the Big Ten championship game or with the higher scoring expectation with 58 and a half. To me, that suggests that Ohio State will have success offensively in that football game. So I think there's a context clue there where Ohio State probably going to be bet up in that game. My line, my peer power rating line, Ohio State minus 19 and a half, market at 20 and a half or 21. I think the higher scoring expectation will entice some Ohio State money. So watch out for that here as we go throughout the betting week in advance of the Big Ten Championship game. UCLA outgained USC 549 to 444. Bruins minus one in turnover margin, three turnovers on downs. UCLA was covering this number for almost the entire game. And then USC scores a late touchdown and they wind up covering UCLA is a very popular team out there in the betting markets right now. It is a game where I have an overlay. I have Stanford plus three and a half against UCLA market showing seven right now. The market's a bigger believer in UCLA than I am. Now, I don't know if they're right and I'm wrong, but what I do know is that I'm not touching Stanford this week, even though I've got a little bit of a power ratings overlay in that game. So again, as I said, power ratings are still important. They still have a place but they're far from the be-all, end-all for me at this point in time. And that's one of those games that kind of stands out in that regard. I mentioned BYU won the boxer against San Diego State. They absolutely did. BYU almost seven yards per play, 6.98. San Diego State, 5.18. But San Diego State, 10 for 17 on third down, had the ball for 36-43. That game was a lot closer than it actually was because BYU had trouble getting off the field. So I did drop BYU a little bit in my power ratings, but I'm still looking to possibly play on them in the bowl game here uh, against UC. I think it's a very interesting game, to say the least. Oklahoma State outgained Baylor 608 to 156. Baylor 2.4 yards per play. The Baylor offense got really, really bad with Dave Aranda. Charlie Brewer did not have a good season. Uh, Baylor, not a team I'm excited about the prospects of heading into 2021. NIU and Eastern Michigan, a game that flew over the total with 74 points. Uh, Weather was considered to be a factor there in that one, but it did wind up going way over the total. Even though NIU outgained at Eastern Michigan 420 to 373, the two teams only six for 25 on third down, uh, but it still wound up going way over the total. Now, I don't know if I'm going to bet it, but... I think the MAC championship game line between Ball State and Buffalo is a little bit inflated here. My number is Buffalo minus eight for this neutral site game at Ford Field in Detroit. Western Michigan outgained Ball State last week, 491 to 352. But Western Michigan had the ball for over 37 minutes, ran 89 plays to 66 for Ball State. The two teams were pretty even in yards per play. Western Michigan, 5.5. 
Ball State 5.3. Weather, of course, was a major factor in that game. I think this line is inflated with Buffalo. I think this line is propped up a little bit because Ball State didn't look great last week and also because Buffalo, I mean, look, they're so much better than everybody else in this conference that I think you have to shade this line in Buffalo's direction. I don't know if I'm going to bet against the Bulls. If it gets to 14, I may take a peek at Ball State, but I do think that line is a little bit inflated here for that game on Friday night. Wake Forest loses to Louisville and Wake Forest minus two in turnover margin. I believe they had, I don't know if they had two or three turnovers in that game, but we talked about that a lot, a lot last week where they'd only turned the ball over once to this point in the season. That was not the way things played out against Louisville. Army-Navy game, I, you know, I tweeted sort of in jest they were going to open the Army-Navy total at 34 next year. It may actually be around there. 12 combined first downs in that game, 279 yards between Army and Navy. And the weather wasn't great, that's for sure, but still, uh, you know, another under in that head-to-head series, 15 in a row, have now gone under the total between Army and Navy. And a very low total this week for Air Force and Army, 38 the total out there. I have Army a three-point favorite in that game, so I'm pretty much flipped from where the market is with Air Force minus two and a half. Uh, Not going to play that game at all, but uh, interesting to see Air Force, not only the favorite traveling cross-country to West Point, but also taking the early money for that final leg of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy Series. How about Memphis? Memphis outgained 409 to 310 in the win over Houston, but... 4.87 yards per play for Houston, 4.77 for Memphis. That was an interesting game, an interesting line. Uh, Memphis the winner in that one, but uh, the the Memphis Tigers not having a great season here. And I'll be curious to see where I kind of power rate them for next year, losing their veteran quarterback in Brady White. Four more turnovers from Duke, minus two in turnover margin for their game. Uh, Just all kinds of turnovers for Duke, a team that I'll probably have pretty low heading into next season. 2.47 yards per play for Wyoming, 4.17 for Boise uh, in that game in the Mountain West this past weekend. Boise now takes on San Jose State. My line in that game is Boise minus five and a half. The market right now showing Boise minus six or six and a half. So maybe a little bit of value on San Jose State here. And I think I may end up playing them kind of as an emotional play because I'm rooting for them but also because I don't think Boise State is nearly as good as some of the past versions that we've seen. So I may take a piece of San Jose State there, uh, plus six and a half in that one. Mississippi State, 3.6 yards per play. Auburn, just barely over five yards per play. Mississippi State takes on Missouri this week. The Bulldogs have a good defense, but that offense is just very, very bad. They had 51 pass attempts against Auburn and still had just barely 3.5 yards per play. Uh, you know, a lot of questions, a lot of soul searching for Mike Leach here uh, in this upcoming offseason. Lastly, 4.7 yards per play for Virginia against Virginia Tech, and they threw the ball 47 times. And we talked about this a lot over the course of the season that Vatek's defense was really, really bad, but they played pretty well against Virginia, a Virginia team that I don't really think very much of uh, if they appear in a bowl game or for this uh, upcoming season here. So, Virginia, a team I will adjust down in my power ratings, I think, as this offseason goes along. So look at some games where I'm kind of off market a little bit here for this week. 
Troy's minus 26 against Louisiana Monroe. I have it 21 and a half, not going to play it. But, uh, you know, interesting to see Troy kind of get back into favor a little bit with uh, some people out there in the betting market. UAB and Marshall, I'm at five. Market's at five, five and a half, right on the number there. Not a play for me. I think the under is kind of interesting at 42, but a very low total there for that game in Huntington, West Virginia. I mentioned I've got Buffalo minus eight. Market's up to 13 and a half against Ball State. USC and Washington, the Pac-12 championship game. I have this one, USC minus five and a half. Market showing seven. I don't think I'm going to play this game. And in fact, some questions as to whether or not these two teams will even be able to play in this game. Uh, You know, very strange situations out there in the Pac-12, to say the least. Lean Washington, lean under in this game as well, because I don't really think much of the Washington offense. Keaton Slovis is the best player in this game, so maybe that helps USC. Kind of like the under 56 and a half, 57 there in that one. Nebraska Rutgers, I have Nebraska minus five. Uh, Maybe lean Rutgers in that one, because they're at least showing they could be on an upward trend, whereas Nebraska... Uh, They're spinning their wheels right now and may need to move on from Scott Frost. Purdue and Indiana would have played Purdue if they played this game last week. Uh, They they didn't. My number's eight and a half, so a little bit below market, but I'm not going to play that one. Do have a bit of an overlay on Florida State and Wake Forest. Wake Forest minus 12 for me. Market showing seven. Not a game I'm super invested in, uh, but, uh, you know, I did take a small piece of Wake Forest when this line came out at seven, and it is showing signs of going to seven and a half, so... Maybe one you want to jump on here uh, if you like that game as well. Uh, I mentioned already Ohio State. I got 19 and a half against Northwestern, so not a whole lot of value there. I do have some line value on Oregon State. I've got that one plus one, market plus seven. Arizona State blowing out Arizona, I think, says a lot more about Arizona than it does about Arizona State. Maybe the Sun Devils are invested here for this finale, having played only three games to this point. But I like Oregon State. I like Jonathan Smith. Uh, their game was canceled coming off of the uh, what used to be called the Civil War against Oregon. So I kind of like them a little bit. Um, or no, actually, that, wow, that game was three weeks ago now. Uh, crazy how time flies. But I do like Oregon State a little bit in that one. Lower scoring expectation in my mind. Uh, so I like Oregon State plus seven, where my line plus one. Uh, the Big Ten Championship game, Oklahoma and Iowa State, five or five and a half is the market number. I have it seven, probably not playing Oklahoma here. Iowa State's had Oklahoma's number the last couple of seasons. So we'll see if that has any influence in the betting market. But under 58 is a number that I'm kind of taking a look at here for that one. I mentioned Louisiana and Coastal. My line's Coastal minus three. Kind of lean Louisiana, but I'm not sure I'll play that one. Clemson, Notre Dame, I have it 12, market at 10 or 10 and a half. Total 61 and a half here for this one. Um, you got to think Clemson's defense is going to look a lot better than what they did in that first meeting. Also Clemson with Trevor Lawrence back. And remember Clemson was minus five and a half in the first game. Now they're minus 10, minus 10 and a half. Trevor Lawrence is worth more than that to the line. We've kind of found out when he got COVID that Lawrence was worth about seven to seven and a half points to the number. So is this line cheap based on that? Maybe a little bit, but again, Credit to uh, Notre Dame for what they've done here so far this season. And in particular, that defensive performance against North Carolina really stands out in my mind. Tulsa, Cincinnati, Cincinnati minus 14 in the market. My number is 17, but 
47 the total for this one. So a lower scoring expectation. I'm probably more in the 15 and a half range on this game. Not going to play it, I don't think. Uh, but, you know, again, if this is going to be a low scoring game, then you're thinking that Cincinnati really has to hold Tulsa down. Will that be the case? I'm not entirely sure. Alabama and Florida. And this is the one I was talking about earlier on in the show where the sports books will do anything to get somebody to bet against Alabama right now. And this number is up to 17. A lot of people had it 14 or 14 and a half coming into last week. And as I said, I don't think Florida you know, really lost the box score or anything like that against LSU. They just lost the game. They had moved the football very effectively in that game and have moved it very effectively throughout the season. But Alabama is just on another level right now. I mean, I think I'm up to them being like a six-point favorite against Clemson, uh, you know, almost double digits against Ohio State. Alabama's just, I mean, they're a well-oiled machine right now. And they look fully focused, fully locked in. Mac Jones has played extremely well. I couldn't take Florida here. I just, I couldn't. Even though I know Florida can score a lot of points, I couldn't take them. It's going to be a very, very light week for me in terms of plays. And again, just not seeing much in these conference championship games. Lastly, Boise State, San Jose State. Uh, Boise State here, minus six and a half, total 55. Like I said, I'm at five and a half, so a slight lean to San Jose State. A neutral site game here will be played in Vegas, where San Jose State kind of made that their their adopted home now. So kind of lean with San Jose State in that one. But again, uh, probably not going to have a whole lot of plays this week. A lot of games close to the market number. And just a lot of subjectivity this week with wondering, you know, which teams show up, which teams don't. I think it's a very hard thing to try and figure out and process here in week 16. We'll be back on Tuesday with Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Outline, talking all things NFL for this week. And as I said, the rest of the week here on ATS Radio will be business as usual. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you again tomorrow. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.